Hello, and welcome to the Minimalist Moms podcast. I'm Diane. I'm a mother of three living in Columbus, Ohio. I'm trying to make room in my life for what matters by getting rid of the clutter and living life with purpose. I hope you'll join me on the journey to think more and do with less. Sorting through books can be a daunting task. Some hold sentimental value, while others we save for our future self. It can be a challenge to know where to start. I do appreciate home libraries. However, often they can get out of hand if we're not intentional about the number we're bringing in and also being realistic about our reading capabilities. I just think it's important to intentionally cultivate our collections. So join me today as we tackle book decluttering with Rebecca Perret. We discuss the actual process, questions we should ask ourselves as we declutter this area, and how to detach from sentimentality around books. And then finally, at the conclusion of our chat, I'll take you through some more practical step-by-step tips on how to quickly declutter for the first time. But before we get to the conversation, I wanted to encourage you to leave a rating and review if you haven't done so yet. Leaving a rating and review on iTunes is the best way you can help this podcast succeed and grow and to help others find the Minimalist Moms podcast. Also, it's officially been one week since my new book, Minimalist Moms, Living and Parenting with Simplicity, has officially launched. So far, I am just completely blown away by the response that I've had, and I just really look forward to hearing more of your thoughts as you read it. So if you haven't picked up a copy of that yet, you can do so at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, or you can actually order it into your local bookshop. I've included an easily accessible link in the show notes for you. Week after week, I do sound like a broken record when I say this, but I do just want to give a huge thank you to everyone who supports The Minimalist Moms by listening, leaving those rating and reviews on iTunes, or just following along on social media. It really does mean the world to me, and I just appreciate that the work that I've put into The Minimalist Moms podcast is not going unnoticed and that this community continues to grow. So I just appreciate you all so much and hope that you enjoy this episode today with Rebecca. Rebecca, thanks so much for joining me today on the Minimalist Moms podcast. Thank you so much for having me. It's my pleasure. Yes, I'm looking forward to talking about book decluttering like we were just chatting before we jumped on the call. So I'm excited that you're here to discuss this with us. But before we get into our conversation, as always, I'm going to allow you to introduce yourself to the listeners so that they can just connect with you a little bit more. Thank you so much. So my name is Rebecca Perret, and I am a preschool assistant director turned homeschool mom. So five years ago, we decided to homeschool our oldest. And, you know, uh, education has always been part of my passion. And also planning is part of my passion. And just stationary and organizing. So I stumbled upon minimalism and when I was just listening to uh, audiobooks, and I actually listened to the, the book, The Life-Changing Magic of Tidying Up. So I think that a lot of people start off that way. So, you know, it's just a topic that has really interested me. And like I was saying to you before, I never considered myself as a minimalist because I had the wrong idea of what a minimalist is. But the more that I learn about it and the more that I am able to connect and just kind of like relate to other women and just people out there, I just really do believe that I am in that journey to just declutter, not just, you know, uh, material things, but just like life in general. So yeah, that's, you know, that's how I ended up here with you. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. And I think that 
I think that there are different categories for minimalists. So I wouldn't put myself necessarily in the same category as those two guys, the minimalists. I think that they are pretty extreme decluttered lives. And I think that Marie Kondo, like you mentioned, I think that she is a very, I don't want to use the word extreme again, but just she is very intentional about what she allows in her home. Mm -hmm. I am, but I'm also a mom of three and they, with with that comes their own personalities and the things that they want yeah. in home that I wouldn't necessarily want. And again, I don't have time to go into how we cultivate that. That's for a, a, yeah. another episode. And I've talked about that before, but I think that you're right. I want this show to be accessible for women that are in any stage of the decluttering or more intentional living process. So that's why I like women like you on the show that may not be full on like the minimalists, but they are trying to cultivate that more minimalist, intentional lifestyle. Yeah. And I think that that's why I connected and I was able to relate to your podcast. Well, we'll get into our discussion about book minimizing. And I want to know what you think is the most important step in this process as we're starting to begin. So for me, the most important thing is to just realize that everyone's journey is completely different. So like we were talking before, even though I did start dabbling into minimalism with Marie Kondo and actually also the minimalists, but it wasn't something that I could relate just because I, I too am a mom of two boys. We homeschool, you know, it's just hard when you have a family. And also my husband and I, we don't see minimalism the same way. And it's just, you can't impose that onto someone else. So even within the same family, I do believe that the process is very personal and everyone's journey is going to be different. Then when we uh, moved at the end of 2019 to our new home, I was able to see how I could actually just bring with us the things that we truly needed and just start fresh. And you don't realize one day you wake up and you're like, oh my goodness, how did I end up with all of this? So it's also, you know, to give yourself grace and just to see what will work for you and for your family. So that's one of the biggest things that I have learned in my process. Absolutely. So let's get into your actual process. I'm curious if when you started deciding that you wanted to declutter or just be more intentional in this area were books something that were on your radar and again we'll get a little bit more (laughs) because I'm sure with homeschooling comes a lot of excess in the home so I we'll get to that part we'll get to that in a second but take me through Mm -hmm. your actual process so as a homeschool mom I was just getting all the books that were being, you know, thrown in my face and I wanted them all, but then quickly realized that we weren't using them and they were just collecting dust. So what I did is I've, and I had done this before, like I mentioned at the apartment, but it was just so much harder because of lack of space. But when we moved into the house and we actually had an, an assigned area for all of our homeschool resources, which the majority are books, you know, books and just Mm -hmm. educational toys. So what I did is I laid out every single book that I had and I went through them and I organized them by subjects. I organized them, the picture books for my youngest. I then saw if there were any books that I could fit into a subject category and just kept those books. And I have the Ikea bookshelves, like the cubes. I have two of the five ones. So I have those vertically at the end. And then in the middle, laying flat horizontally, I have another one. So I have organized that bookshelf according to subjects. And 
I only keep books there. And then my, my boys do have a small selection of books in each of their bedrooms because we do read a lot to them at the end of the day. But the majority of our books are in that bookshelf that I created. And if we happen to have more books and they don't fit there, then we go through them and we figure out what books we're going to donate and then new ones can come into the bookshelf. But because we've been homeschooling for so long, it's been a couple of years now that we haven't had the need to purchase any books. So we also use the library a lot. E-readers also are huge for us right now. That is mainly how I decluttered our books. And it's just, it's been working out really well for us. We know that if our space is cluttered, we can't focus and there's just too much going on. So it just allows for the space to be organized in a way that works for us. It's not a complicated process. It's just laying them on the floor and sectioning them out. Absolutely. And then what about your books and your husband's books? Are they all included on those shelves or do you have a special? No, 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 no. So uh, I have, I do have a bookshelf in our bedroom, but actually I was not an avid reader until 2020. So I became an avid reader in early 2020 when I discovered a Facebook group called Bloom Where You're Planted, you know, in 20. 20, we needed something. Everyone needed something. So I just needed that escape. And I just fell in love with reading. I I honestly didn't feel comfortable reading an actual paper book. So I started with e-reader. So that really prevented the clutter in that sense. But then later on, I wanted to have books. So I actually do the book of the month. So it's just an easy way for you to be intentional of what you get and not go to Barnes and Noble and just go walking and then end up with 10 books that you might not read. I also have one of those small Ikea cube bookshelves and whatever fits in those bookshelves is what stays. And then as far as the book of the month goes, I have a rule for myself that if there are five books on my to be read stack, I will pause my subscription. You know, when it comes to books, it's so easy to not be cluttered because we have the library. You know, we do love books. And if you're a reader, you do love books. And it's just beautiful and it's inspiring to have those bookshelves. But when they become too much and they overtake your spaces, I feel that it loses the beauty. Mm -hmm. So I feel that it has to be a very intentional place for those books And, you know, the library is your best friend. So that's how I've kind of like prevented from getting too cluttered with books. Yeah. For my husband and I, we are both English majors, pre-education. So in the undergrad, we were reading a lot of books that we would um, possibly be teaching. And Mm -hmm. so I felt like we accumulated, I was still in college when we got married, but I feel like we accumulated a lot of books when we were in those programs. And when I, when we got married, he brought in a lot of books into our relationship. And so mm-hmm. I feel like we started off with all of that. And then you're always like, well, what if my kids want to read these down the line. So I felt like we were holding on to them for a little bit, even though we were starting to pursue minimalism because it's always that what if in the back of your mind. But yeah. when we, I feel like we slowly decluttered over the last six, seven years, but the the time that I was cutthroat was when we just moved into our new house a year and a half ago. I was like, not all of these books are going to come. I know we love to read. I know we're in yeah. years, but the reference books that we had, it's like, there's always going to be this material accessible and things become outdated. But then the other thing I was going to say mm-hmm. is that we did limit the area of where we would store our books just like you have. So I feel like that is a really beautiful yeah. thing. And then the Kindle e-reader, yes. that's super convenient, especially with the library e-readers, how you can just 
download the the library book to your phone. Yes. Love that. So yes, I'm like you, I do enjoy yeah. reading, but I do want to put boundaries on how many books we're keeping because it does, it, that is so, it becomes so cluttered so quickly. It's so easy. Yeah. And like something else that you could do is you could box up some of those books and put them in the garage for a little bit. And you know that, that they're there, but if you see that you're not needing those books, someone else is going to be blessed by those books. So that's how we also kind of battle that being too attached to our books and sentimental Mm -hmm. books. It's, we know that if we're not using them, if they're in the garage for a period of time, someone else is going to be blessed by these books. And it's better to pass them on to someone than just to keep them because we don't want to let go of them. Absolutely. I was going to say two more things and then I'll let you answer my next question I have for you. So one of the things I was going to say, you mentioned the book of the month club, and I know that that is bringing fiction books typically Mm -hmm. into the home. I have made a decision that I don't buy fiction just because it's accessible at the library. So I typically only buy nonfiction or like self-help type books that I can write in and reread. But that was one thing I was going to say. Again, parameters are going to look different for every single person. I, I don't expect everyone to take that and run with it. The second thing that I was going to say is that as we're sitting here talking, I'm sure that there are some people listening that want a library in their home. They want those bookshelves full of books that they can honestly just visually look at. Maybe they are reading them. Maybe they have plans to go back. That's mm-hmm. it. Like, don't feel bad if that's an area and you're listening that you really enjoy and you love your library. Uh, I just think that this episode is more geared towards people that are wanting to rid their house of the excess books and they need some advice on how to do so. So I did want to mention that. No, definitely. And, you know, there we have li- we have a library downstairs, a little one in our bedroom, and then our boys' room. So we do have those spaces where we have books, but we've just kind of decided that that's the only space where the books are going to be. But like you mentioned, this is just some tips for someone who wants to minimize their book collection and then just keep going with it. Absolutely. For a lot of my listeners, I feel like they're on a journey to simplify their lives, but they don't want to sacrifice style, which I completely understand. And that's why I was excited to partner with HomeThreads. HomeThreads is the perfect blend of minimalism and comfort for your home. At HomeThreads.com, you can discover a curated collection of sleek and functional furniture that speaks to the heart of minimalist living, from multifunctional storage to timeless design. They have everything you need to create a clutter-free and serene space for your family. As most of you know, we've recently moved, and I'm not someone to just fill up a room so that it's done and decorated. I wanted to do this with intention, and so I searched out accent chairs on home threads and found the perfect mid-century modern chair that really complements my space. So embrace the beauty of less and elevate your home with purposeful pieces. Visit homethreads.com slash minimalist and get a code for 15% off your first order. Home Threads, love where you live. Tacovis is a terrific boot brand, and they're bringing a fresh perspective to heritage boot making. So they've carried forward all the time-honored traditions and quality you find in a great pair of cowboy boots, but they've innovated on comfort, style, and service. As someone who tries to pursue a minimalist lifestyle, I highly value quality over quantity, and I'm telling you, you can't find a higher quality boot than Tacovis. Their Western boots for men and women are handmade. Handmade from the most premium leathers with over 200 time-honored individual steps. Also, did I mention that they are Austin-designed, Texas-tested, and handmade down in the boot-making capital of the world, Leon, Mexico? And also, if you've ever wondered if you can pull off cowboy boots, which is something that I was thinking, you should pull on a pair of Tacovas and you'll see. 
Just do a quick search for Tecovas on social media and you'll see how adorably styled these boots can be. Visit tecovas.com, that's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com and point your toes west. So what are questions that we should ask ourselves as we're decluttering this area? Do you have questions that you would maybe consider to yourself as you're starting to pare down? Did I enjoy this book? Is this book bringing value to our lesson? Is it a sentimental story for me that I could relate on a personal level? As far as homeschooling goes, does this book fit in a certain subject area? At the end of the day, there's still material things that will take up space. Absolutely. I like those questions. So getting into sentimental books that we might feel sentimental Mm -hmm. pulls towards, like I said, my husband and I kept a lot of books from college that we were were feeling that attachment to, or books from childhood, whatever it may be. How do we go about decluttering these and how do we detach from the sentimentality around these books? There's the time and a, you know, and a season for us to enjoy those things. And we've already enjoyed them. And now it's time to pass them on to someone else. So if you kind Mm -hmm. of stop thinking about how I'm going to miss the book instead of saying, okay, I'm going to pass it on to someone that's going to enjoy it. And then it'll bring joy to someone else. Absolutely. Yes. And I'm very much like that as well when it comes to really anything that we're storing, just Mm -hmm. why am I storing something that someone else could benefit from? And even if you can tell your kids that too, I think that that's something that they can understand. I feel like that's been really helpful. Where can listeners find you if they want to connect with you online? I appreciate you sharing all this and I want them to reach out to you for more information on who you are. Well, thank you so much for having me on your show. And like I mentioned before, I am passionate about planning. So you can definitely find me on my planning Instagram account, eat.pray.plan. And on my YouTube channel with the same name, Eat, Pray, Plan, where I just share weekly planning tips and just organization tips uh, in general. So that's where I hang out. Well, Rebecca, we're going to end the show like I always do. And my first question for you is what is something that you're simplifying right now? AKA, what is your minimalist moment of the week? So for me right now, what I'm doing is actually just kind of taking care of all the damage that I did in 2020 when it comes to (laughs) buying. (laughs) So I am guilty of just buying too much in 2020 because online shopping was the thing that we were doing. So for me specifically right now, I am working on streamlining my, my stationary collection because that is something that, you know, speaks to my heart and it's very easy for me to fall in love with pretty paper and stickers. So I have way too much. So I am minimizing that. And I actually, uh, I'm sending a packet of some different things that I'm not using anymore to a friend. So that is a win for me because I'm not, you know, I'm giving it to someone who needs it. So that's my win for this week. Just keep on minimizing and streamlining my planning routine. I love that. I love when I can give either friends or family members. Yes. That I thought that I needed, but didn't need, but it's still like in good condition. Yes. Something I'd love to gift. So, well, my last question is what is something that you can't stop talking about? With, with our boys, we're just daydreaming actually. Mm-hmm. And we've been talking a lot about just traveling and the places that we want to go to. Mm-hmm. So we've been actually planning as a family, our next little getaway. So that is something that has us very excited 
and, you know, just writing all the places. And hopefully we want to do a little road trip. So, you know, kind of rent a little camper and just go up and just visit different states. So that is what's bringing me joy and bringing our family together too. (laughs) Yeah. Where did you say you are again in the country? I'm in Florida. Okay. That would be really fun just to go up the East Coast. I bet it'd be really lovely. Well, Thank you so much again for coming on and being our expert on decluttering books. Again, I had been wanting to talk about this for a while, so I'm glad it worked out. I appreciate it. Well, thank you so much for inviting me. It is definitely my pleasure to be here and to speak to you about this. Thank you again to Rebecca for sharing her book decluttering process. I want to say before I go through these final steps that book decluttering isn't always an overnight or even a weekend process. And I'll be honest with you, it has taken me years to part ways with certain books that I felt more of a sentimental pull towards. But the thing is, you have to remember this. One, you do not have to get rid of the item. With anything, you can keep the item. No one is forcing anyone to part ways with the item. However, Sometimes when you have that thought go through your head that you are contemplating whether or not to get rid of something, sometimes when you return, the pull isn't as strong, though that memory does remain. And I feel like that's happened to me numerous times, specifically with baby clothes. When I've returned, the sentimentality does decrease because I've remembered the memory throughout because the item itself isn't the memory. It just reminds me of that moment. So I just wanted to clarify before I get into this little process with you that you do not have to get rid of anything. And I understand that sentimental items are really tricky. And books are tricky in general because so many of us are avid readers and we love to cultivate our bookshelves. So with all that to say, I want to move into the first step of book decluttering. Rebecca gave us some of her tips on how she organized on her IKEA shelves. And for me, I would always say that my first step is to pull everything out. We really need to see what we're dealing with. And honestly, a lot of us forget that we own the books that we do. And that's why it's important to take each and every book off the shelf so you can really have a look at it. If you have multiple shelves in various rooms, I'd recommend going shelf by shelf. And then after you've made that initial purge, you can always come back and condense the shelves together. So next step would be to ask yourself easy questions like, did I like it? So really straightforward. And if not, why is this still in your home? It's time to let it go. Next question I like to ask myself is, will I ever read this again? And if the answer is no for this one, then why am I continuing to hold on to this as well? And if I did really like it, then I should pass it along to my friend who also may enjoy it. And then lastly, I do like to ask myself, does this hold any sentimental value? My encouragement for anything that we're decluttering is to be honest. Most of us have limited shelf space, and so we really do need to be honest with ourselves and only keep the best of the best. Again, this is going to look different if you really want to cultivate a library of sorts in your home. I'm more so talking to people that really do want to start to pare down and nip away at the number that they're holding in their home. I also wanted to say This is just in in all transparency. I mentioned in the episode that I only buy nonfiction books, and this does remain true for myself. But post-conversation, I got to thinking, and I've realized that I've started to thrift books from my childhood to read to my children. So my children and I are currently going through the Judy Bloom Fudge um, Tales of a Fourth Grade Nothing series, and we're really enjoying it. And my ultimate plan for these books is to hold on to our favorites and maybe pass the rest along. 
The final step that I have for you when actually going through and decluttering would be to just have piles. I say this with any junk drawer or wardrobe. Have your donate, your sell, and your maybe pile and come back to that maybe pile. Keep it in your basement. Keep it in your garage for 30 days, three months, six months. You put the boundary on it. And if you don't return, then it is time to go. A few last tips. I would say if you're finding that you haven't read a book that you thought that you would, maybe keep track of it on Goodreads or in the Notes app of your phone. That way you can always get it from the library if your future self does decide to read it. And then my last little tip as you try to stay consistent with this book clutter, like try to keep on top of it, would be to give it away. Once you finish a book, instead of placing it just back on the shelf to collect dust or to add unnecessary visual clutter, give it away. Give it to a friend. Give it to a retirement community or a library. Or I've actually recently read that it's a really great idea to donate books to prisons, whether that be a prison outreach or prison ministry. This is something that I need to look more into, but I wanted to make sure I mentioned it here because I thought it was a really great way to give back and just be thoughtful. So remember, decluttering your bookshelves is really not only beneficial to limit the clutter in your home, it really does allow for your favorite books to stand out on your shelf. So what do you think? Do you struggle decluttering your books? What are your thoughts? I'd like to know. I invite you to keep the conversation going at minimalistmomspodcast.com. There you'll find links to the Instagram account, Facebook page, and where you can find me all around the web. Thank you for joining up on this journey. I wish you a lovely week as you think more and do with less. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies. We keep moving forward with each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply.